As was expected, the section on England and Europe of British Museum complex was exhaustive and regal and appeared to be the most prominent of all other sections too. Since English kings and queens had taken special care to sponsor the construction and finance the construction and to undertake propaganda role of hyping this museum as the showpiece of England to the world, this pampering of the English and European division was understandable. There were some quotes from British historians exhibited on the walls of the museum to indicate that there was human habitation in, in England as early as one million years ago. Though real proof of human habitation in England was presented in the pictures only from about 40 years before Jesus Christ. A big chart was being exhibited in the main hall, mentioning the progression of England as part of Europe from 4000 BC and how Britishers were mainly hunters and by being an island nation, England was not part of the European mainland, etc. Introduction of agriculture and metallurgy and mining during the 1000 to 2000 BC era were presented in pictures and sketches of community graves of the dead were presented and drawings done, drawings presented as proof, etc. I was amused to see that in the period between 100 to 200 BC, people of England were preferring to cremate the dead bodies instead of burying them in community gra graves, which was the custom after Jesus Christ. I was left to wonder what would have been the reason for this shift of treatment of dead from cremation to burial later in the Christianity era. The, the Roman influence on history of England is believed to have started since invasion of England by Julius Caesar about 50 BC and rule of Emperor Caesar lasted nearly eight years and the Roman influence on England continued for about 500 years AD. Julius Caesar worked with collaboration of a few British tribes, namely Brigantes, Seniors, Ordovis, etc., and extended the influence of Romans for many centuries too. Many antiquities relating to the Roman period of occupation are displayed prominently in the section of British history and European history. Nearly 500 years of Roman rule had left an indelible impression on British way of life and British society too. It is possible that this quest for revenge against Italian invaders had perhaps got manifested in the Second World War when England preferred to fight Italians as enemies in World War, in that World War. Whether there was a religious element behind the First and Second World War is debatable. 
and being a highly sensitive and explosive topic, many historians and analysts and even intellectuals consider silence as better part of valor and avoid discussion on the topic itself. Between 500 AD till 1000 AD, there were continued friction between groups owing allegiance to Pope and Vatican and groups owing allegiance to Protestant groups and Anglican Church. And reading the plagues and literatures presented on the era of British history between 580 to 1080, I was at a loss to determine whether it was more a Christian casteist struggle or a struggle between egos of contesting parties and groups. Sketches and drawings and data presented on the walls of the museum seemed to show that Viking warriors from Denmark and Norway had their share of invasion of England, though their rule did not appear to last for more than 20 years. I was able to see portraits and objects used by various kings, including William the Conqueror, Henry I, King Stephen, Henry II, King Edward, etc. And there were descriptions and sketches supporting, do uh, supporting documents relating to even personal lines of some kings too. It was during the reign of King Edward I from 12, 1272 AD to 1307 AD that Christianity got deep roots in England with its share of ugly fanaticism too. Shockingly, he had plans to make England free of Jews for the sin of crucifying Jesus Christ and Jews were boycotted by government and royal agencies and denied state privileges, etc. And even he had a plan to deport Jews from the country as a whole. The deportation plan failed since the king had an untimely death in 1307 AD due to dysentery while on a military campaign in Scotland. I was amused to read the description on the museum wall on life of King Edward II. When Queen Isabella ditched the king accusing him of being a homosexual and of, of having homosexual relationship, with his friend Gaveston and traveled to her native place in France and in company of her lover named Mortimer later invaded England and brought down the reign of King Edward II. Sadly, the king was hounded and imprisoned in Gloucestershire prison cell and he was found murdered later in 1327 A.D by unknown assailants, presumably under orders from Queen Isabella and her lover Mortimer. In typical Indian cinema style, Edward III, son of Edward II, who took reign at a young age of 17 years, organized a successful coup against Frenchman Mortimer 
and took revenge for the killing of his father Edward II and went on to transform England to be the most efficient military power in Europe then. His reign of 50 years is regarded by many British historians as the golden era of English history, till he died of stroke in AD 1377. The victory of England against the Scottish rebels and Spain were notable achievements during the reign of Edward III too. It was during the reign of Edward III that a truce was signed between England and Portugal, the two major naval powers, not to e attack each other's navy while on the sea. The encounter with the Spanish army, though, continued for another 200 years till the defeat of the Spanish Armada in 1588 AD. The period from AD 1200 till AD 1950 was, has, had seen intense rivalry between two major Christian faiths, Roman Catholics and Protestants, and some English kings had openly confronted Vatican and Pope to stamp their authority, leading to formation of English Anglican Church. Was not this friction, friction and rivalry and competition to prove superiority, superiority of one Christian faith over the other? Or was it an ego fight between the two groups? Yes, folks. Facts can be hundred times stranger than fiction, and often it is Satan's preaching morals too. Though I was particularly interested to see the events leading to colonization of India, sadly not much was evident on the walls of the British Museum, and those details were hidden perhaps with a purpose to make the world believe that royalty and British kings had no role in colonization of India and other colonies and that their colonization was a byproduct of trade, though the church and, and royalty had secretly financed and sponsored the expeditions of sailors and dacoits and pirates to various continents by sea route with a hidden agenda of evangelization and colonization.